Hey, everybody. Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbajal here, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, week of UFC 262 uh, after Bellator 258. Uh, lots of fights going on. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing well, Ed. Doing well. Uh, I almost forgot to mention this is brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out All Access, All Access MMA for your MMA news. Rough week over here in Jersey, so sorry about that. <laughs> no um yeah no doing well uh week's going okay and uh world seems to be getting a little bit more normal every day uh i don't know what that means but if you can call it normal yeah exactly i guess, <laughs> I guess that's that's kind of the point but uh yeah i mean uh probably the worst thing this week is uh derek anderson's nose that's probably the the worst uh, thing after mvp basically compressed it into his skull but um yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I guess we will. Before we get into our UFC 262 picks, we might as well backtrack and look back at the the fights from over the weekend. Um, I mean, we had PFL Thursday night, Bellator Friday night, and then there was a, a short, short, short UFC on Saturday night. Um, you know, I, I, you, you started with. Uh, we might as well start with Bellator. You mentioned Derek Anderson's nose. I thought that uh, I was actually impressed with how he wanted to keep going. I know um, Nolan, who's been on the podcast over at MMA Junkie, said that the commission reached out to Junkie, and apparently he tested positive for some sort of substance, so I don't know if that's what made him, you know, not feel his nose going inside of his head, but still impressive that he wanted to keep fighting, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to comment too much on the fight. It was... It, probably not the smartest strategy to fight with your hands down against MVP. I, I don't know when we'll when we'll get to a point where people realize that that's not the the way to do it. But I'm not a professional fighter, and he is. So and he's a good one. So MVP looked dominant. Uh, gets me a little bit more excited for a uh, a possible rematch with uh, Douglas Lima. Yeah, you know. Or yeah. Oh well, he he said he he wouldn't call out Lima, but I, if I'm if I remember correctly, wasn't didn't they fight at 175? <clears throat> if I'm no, remembering right, it, it was uh, it was the tournament fight. No, no, I'm talking about Anderson and and um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. MVP. Yeah. This last fight, yes, this last one was a was a catch weight. Yeah, so that's that's my thing with so way way back when Douglas Lima had said a comment, um, you know, about they asked him about when when are you going to give MVP another chance or something to that effect. And he was like, you know, well, when he when he starts beating the best welterweights or whatever. So technically, that wasn't a welterweight fight if it's 175. I know it's only five pounds, but I don't know. I mean, just something is just something to, to mention. Uh, he is he's legit, though. I mean, as, I mean, he's he. That's the second cranial, you know, fracture that he's caused in Bellator, at least. You know, outside as a cyborg, he caved in cyborg skull and then. He does this to Anderson's nose, so maybe it's worth mentioning and or starting to, you know, chat that up again. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna have to keep moving up. I'm not gonna hold the. I think it was kind of a late notice fight. I don't think this was on the card that long. Um, so considering Anderson, I think it was ranked in the new rankings. I think it's still like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it's still a win over a good fighter, even though it was five pounds heavier. But um, you know, that was. That, that kicked off the uh, main card that night. Earlier in the night, there was a good prelim, Lorenz Larkin, uh, Rafael Cavallo. Uh, first round, I thought Larkin came out, looked as good as he's ever looked in a fight, really pressed. Uh, from that point on, Carvalho kind of started to take over, or at least even the odds. Um, <clears throat> and second round was close. Third round uh, was also really close. So um, I, I actually kind of was leaning towards a draw. Uh, it ended up being a split decision for Lorenz Larkin. I think the right guy won the fight. Uh, if you had to pick a winner, but I, I thought it was extremely close, and those last two rounds uh, made it difficult to to judge uh, who who was winning. Um, did you uh, did you catch that one? How did you how did you think Larkin looked in his return? I thought he looked good. Um, I'm just looking to see now that you're mentioning it. Uh, I didn't get to the Beltor just put out their um their rankings or updated rankings. So there's movement now that you're mentioning that fight. I just want to see who moved up, who made it in. 
now. Um, uh, I didn't get a chance to look at them. I'm looking to see if I can find find if, if anything happened with with that division as far as movement. Um, well, I don't think Larkin was ranked. So is he on the is he on the top ten? Do you see him in the Walter White top ten? Looking at it right now. That's what I was. That's what actually why I was checking. But no, he's not. He's not. So that that didn't move at all. Actually, oddly enough. You know what? It was the fight was probably at one eighty. Was it at one eighty five? Yes, it was. Carvalho's the one eighty five champion. Is he ranked in the one eighty five division? That's men's middleweight. Salter Toko, Vanderford Edwards, Vanstinas, Eblen, Ward, Shipman, Bruce. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So we'll see how that that plays out. But um, you know, Lorenz Larkin picks up a big win. Uh, it's a couple in a row now. Uh, he's looking pretty good. Uh, he just needs. He just Cavallo just started to look like his old self a little bit uh, mm. as that fight progressed. Uh, I know you were had to be impressed with Patchy Mix dominating pretty much start to finish and <laughs> picking up another submission win. Yeah, of course, Patrick Mix, man. I mean. Uh, you know, he was number two. He stayed number two in the – I'm looking at the rankings now. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot going on there uh, with also – I mean, Rafael Stotts also uh, ranked number four, uh, teammate of Sergio Pettis. What was funny about – everyone knows by now that uh, Sergio's the new champ at uh, Bellator from the main event, and Archuleta drops to number one. What's, what's odd about that is, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, again – it could have been because of who was asking at the end of the fight. But, um, uh, you know, the question was posed to Pettis because, you know, with the with the rankings the way they are and Stotts being number four, would you fight your own teammate? Which I always think is a weird question, you know, because obviously nobody wants to fight their teammates. Who knows you better than your teammate, number one? Number two, there's, there's just kind of a respect factor. And Sergio kind of gave the, a good championship answer, like he's got he's got to fight whoever belt or sends his way now that he's a champ. But um, Stotts in his post fight interview said, "You know, I'm completely happy being Sergio's gatekeeper. I don't I don't want to fight my teammate. I'd rather I'd rather people get through me to get to him." And I thought that was a cool answer. Yeah, for Sergio Pettis. Uh... Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, and plus, I don't think they should be asking that question unless it's like, well, unless they actually negotiated the fight, you know. But yeah. again, uh, Ed's not a big fan of uh, <laughs> the, man, the man that stands in the ring and does post fight for uh, for Bellator. Um, so that jumps us, you know, uh, let's, we'll get to the main event here in a second. But um, so Patchy Mix picks up the submission win. Uh, and then on the co main event, Anthony Rumble Johnson uh, returns to Bellator, not returns to Bellator, makes his Bellator debut. Uh, returns to in, fighting. <laughs> in the uh, in the light heavyweight uh, tournament, uh, he fought Jose Augusto Acevedo, uh, late last-minute replacement for Yoel Romero. <sighs> wild, uh, wild, you know, six minutes of fighting, six and a half minutes of fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Johnson came out early, uh, put pressure on, uh, Azevedo damaged his hand, uh, threw him off for a little bit. Uh, Johnson had him backing up, went in for a kill, and then Azevedo just clocked him, uh, ended up getting him down, and was uh, actually landed a couple good shots on the ground. Was really a couple punches away, maybe from pulling off one of the biggest upsets mm-hmm. uh, in, in recent memory. But it it's uh, Johnson survived the first round, and shortly into the second round, landed a kill shot. Uh, on Acevedo, uh, massive yeah. right hand that just uh, floored him. Yeah, uh, I mean cobwebs, whatever you want to call it, but I mean obviously uh, Johnson came back to uh, you know the Johnson folks remember. It's sad the news that came out today about the you know well, the whole credit card situation. I know it just came out, and you know that I'm sure will more details will emerge as time passes. But as far as the fight's concerned, one of the things I noticed about that uh, obviously, I mean first. Um, Johnson didn't really know. He he actually admitted afterward that that the, the punch did um, shake him, and kind of like you know he he said he didn't remember getting hit that hard. Uh, and then one thing about the exchange was because you know he wound up with uh with a Jose Augusto on top of him. The thing uh, there's a there's a point where he reverses Augusto, 
and his hand is his right hand is reaching out, and Augusto grabs his wrist with grabs Johnson's wrist with his left hand and reaches over to do the Kimura, but because of whatever happened to his right hand, he couldn't finish the double wrist grab. Like he reaches over. If you rewatch the fight, he'll reach over and then he just lays down because he's like, I can't, I can't make this sub. So I don't know if his hand was broken or what. I mean, I didn't see any details and it, um, I didn't get, I don't think we got any updates. Uh, we'd have to look at the suspensions and stuff. Nolan was there, so he probably knows. Maybe I'll reach out to him later, but um, he, I feel like the submission was there because Johnson was still kind of like trying to recover from, from the left hand that, Mm-hmm. that shook him so but that was definitely like you said it was interesting made for an entertaining fight i mean um i'm really pleased with uh with this card that card overall just because of how well it went um i'm trying to see if there's any notable i mean johnson goes in at number four light heavyweight rankings i hope this situation with the credit card thing and you know it's not major enough because it seems like every time he does have issues like this they something else happens and people don't you know file charges or whatever but mm-hmm. i mean i think if i recall when if you can go on bellator's website to read when they announce their fighter rankings things that would remove them from rankings and i would assume from the Bellator roster you know legal trouble is one of them i mean you know they've Bellator's done it before they've dropped war machine and all these guys for mm-hmm. for making bad decisions in their personal lives but I hope this is some sort of misunderstanding. Um, I mean, I've, my exchanges with with uh, Johnson have been pleasant, and he seems like a soft spoken, you know, nice guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, crazy news. Fight, 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 fight news is always crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, if it ain't I, about yeah, I wasn't super surprised. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. and not necessarily because it was him, just because we get this kind of weird vibe that goes through our, our sport where. People, you know, only in MMA would somebody try credit card fraud after making probably a quarter million dollars, you know, just hours before. For $500, which is... <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty incredible, but uh, yeah, so, but but he picks up the win, so my God, I hope it doesn't... I hope we get him versus Nemkov. Uh, that's, you know, we, we lost the Yoel uh, Rumble fight, so hopefully that whole bracket's not cursed. But uh, but it does set up that fight and uh, yeah. with Corey Anderson and Ryan Bader on the other side of the bracket. So, you know, the cream's rising to the top uh, in their Grand Prix so far. Mm-hmm. Another fight of note that I, I skipped. Uh, Peter Quayley picked up a uh, doctor stoppage win over Patricia Patricky Pitbull. Um, a fight I thought Pitbull was winning, uh, but he got pretty nasty cut uh, on the face, and uh, at that point the. The doctors had to wave it off. Uh, Quealy picks up a, a win in, in kind of weird fashion, but moves up into a, a – what ranking is he at? Is he listed? He he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't before that, and now he's, he jumps in at number six. Okay, yeah. See, so quickly quickly moves into the mix. Did Patricky Pitbull, is he still ranked? No. Okay, so he's had a couple losses. I'm sorry. Way. He's number two. Oh, they have Patricky yeah. that high. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well. Patricio's – Patricio's number one, Brent Primus is, I'm sorry, Patricio's champ, and Brent Primus is number one, Patricio's number two. Uh, they should just run that back then. As soon as his eyes healed, they should just mm. run that fight back. I and, think that's going to happen because when a fight ends on a, over a tech, I mean, I don't want to call it a technicality, it was, you know, the, the elbows are thrown intentionally to do something, and I guess that the, either a cut or a knockout is the intended result, so he got the intended result. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. legit, but it just uh, it just feels it feels like it was wasn't right uh considering like i said i thought pitbull was winning the fight i'm not sure what the judges saw it as we know that the judges can be crazy uh with their cards mm-hmm. now i shouldn't say that much considering we were both pretty much uh, as wrong as you could be on the main event uh we both thought juan archuleta would uh pretty much do his oh, yeah. thing and, and take out sergio pettis uh, did not happen. Sergio Pettis uh, basically looked how I thought Juan Archuleta would look, and uh, completely turned the script and, and and dominated the fight. Yeah, uh, you know, basically five rounds to none, four four rounds to one. Yeah, that's worth mentioning. I mean, especially since we were both kind of hard on the kid, uh, Sergio Pettis, who's uh, you know they keep mentioning uh, him and his brother together, and it's almost like he's it's I don't want to say living under his brother's shadow or whatever, but this 
changes that for him and changes my opinion of how he how he fights especially in this fight um talk about being i mean he threw a couple of fancy moves that were in there that i was kind of like you know let's get out of there and the the one jump spin he did at the end of round one or two i forget which one but the 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 thing that that won me over with him was uh the fact that he excuse me the fact that he um he did counter punching on the inside that we haven't seen from i mean i don't know i can't recall his brother being that that great of a counter puncher as good as sergio was that night definitely coming into his own making his own way and name in um bellator and i really thought that uh uh that was that was the key to winning the fight Looked like, I mean, Archuleta, he had Archuleta kind of, I don't want to say throwing haymakers or, or, you know, whatever you call it, uncontrolled, but he really made him step outside of his game. I mean, he didn't seem to find his own groove until the final round when he did that takedown, and that wasn't enough. Obviously, that wasn't enough to, to win the fight, but, I mean, su- superb, superb performance. Um, I'm looking forward to I, I think he can defend the title maybe. I I, I this is the guy that you need to see him fight, you know, the Patrick mixes and the Darren Caldwell and whomever's uh, the top one. Bellator's 135 division historically to me has always been kind of a shark tank uh, for, for them. Like that's been one of their high profile divisions. I mean, since the days of Joe Warren and, and whomever else, I can't think of um, um, uh, Dantes and Eduardo yeah. Dantes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're definitely right about that. It's, it's one of their longer standing divisions mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, no, impressive. The guy, the guy that we don't mention, uh, but can't wait till we see him back in Bellator is, uh, Horiguchi. Once that guy, I mean, in theory, this is his belt, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is, you know, if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to, we know, I don't use the term t- paper champion, but if you are going to use it, this is what it would mean. The champ gave yeah. up the belt. So I, you know, when Horiguchi <laughs> comes back, whoever it's against, it could still be against Archuleta. Who knows how, how this is going to unfold or if, yeah. you know, what the next fight's going to be. But uh, like you said, it's, it's a murderer's row there and uh, any, anybody he fights or, and, you know, I, I we love what Bellator's doing. I think Co- uh, Coker came out the other day and basically said we would be having crossover fights left and right right now. Yeah. Uh, if it weren't for, if it weren't for COVID and, and yeah. restrictions. And he said that at the post-fight press conference too. I mean, somebody asked, I forget for whom, who asked if, if because, um, you know, Pettis was open about saying, let, let me go to Ryzen and, and, and try to, to, to get that going again. But I mean, that was, one of the early questions in the post-fight press conference, and, and Coker was just like, "Yeah, only reason, he, only reason he and Saki, Sakaki Barra haven't spoken about stuff like that is because they, there's really nothing they can do until things start opening up." So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I mean, that's gonna imagine that when that happens, it's gonna be, it's just gonna be super entertaining. Especially, I feel like maybe fans are a little bit more aware of, of the product over there in Japan because of what we saw from Yuri Prochaska at the UFC event from a week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. So yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for that. You know, throw it. Let's throw this in the mix. How crazy would it be? Because we know that Sakia Kabara had a meeting with Dana White, also that apparently went well or friendly. So what if we get Ryzen on Fight Pass, co-promoting with Bellator? You know, I mean, you really it could be an interesting thing. Uh, I I'd love to see if Ryzen could get on Fight Pass, considering the option we have right now. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. Um, the only, you know, it's funny. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we they've worked together in the past. I know they, they've. It's really. Uh, I mean, I know. I, I, I feel like the beef with with Espinoza, you know, when they did the Mayweather McGregor thing because they co-promoted that. The UFC helped with the marketing and stuff for that too. I feel like that was more from Connors in, not so much from Dana White in the UFC. So I know that's competition for them, but I mean. You don't know that the landscape of the sport is changing so much. We all know the UFC went public a week or two ago. Um, so they're going to have they, – they, there's investors that have questions and there's things that they want. Um, I forgot what class their trade, the, the Endeavor shares. Not UFC, Endeavor went public a couple weeks ago. And I forget if if you got if, uh, shareholders can vote on things um, when, when it comes time to vote on things. So if that's the case, then there's going to be, um, I mean, either – you know, we're, we're, things will loosen up, and 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 the sport actually coming together, make maybe making it a little bit closer. And then maybe I'm not, I'm not saying no Ali Act will pass or anything like that, but you know what I mean. It's just as far as stuff like you just said, 
I feel like we're getting a yeah. little and I'm slowly, thinking, slowly. I'm thinking more Ryzen on Fight Pass. I wasn't thinking of the Showtime angle, but that even brings it better. Why not? Why not Ryzen on Showtime? Let's just let's just that you know that's, what, that's more likely than anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do they got going on? They got what seven Showtime channels? What's going on at you know three a.m. <laughs> you know yeah why not why not have that on so i don't know but uh yeah i mean showtime sports and entertainment i mean i know i know espinoza like it's supposed to be for concerts and stuff and they have boxing and now they have bellator the product of bellator which seems to be doing really well if you look at the at the numbers i mean it's helping it seems to have helped showtime subscribership with uh you know as far as digital platforms and people that stream it and um again the way that they're promoting it we've we've talked about it before you know, you're having the, the high-profile boxers on Bellator events talking about their boxing and vice versa, which it's working because you're getting folks watching both things. That weekend they did the boxing and MMA. I watched the, I mean, I didn't watch the full box, you know, fight card for the boxing, but I thought it was great. I mean, it's it's uh, stuff like that. We, it's only going to get better, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think everything they're doing right now is, is right. They just need some fights to fall into place. Uh, yeah, open up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and get crowds. It sounds like we you might have a crowd out there for uh, well, not out there where you're at, but in Connecticut for um for two sixty Bellator two sixty is what I heard. They might open that up to some fans. So yeah, in uh, June, uh, June they're talking about doing something in June. Um, it might be limited or whatever. That I mean, well, that's a great venue. Um, it sucks because that means a bubble. I mean, I kind of wanted to experience a bubble when I went out there. Because I'm gonna try to go out there for the I'm gonna try to go out there for cover uh, the Lima um, Asimov Asimov what's what's Amasov Amasov I, don't, I always mess up the name welterweight make sure yeah Amasov Yaroslav Amasov uh, I'm gonna try to get out there to cover that for MMAnews.com um, and if that's the event because then the, they announced the uh, the interim title fight for the heavyweight uh, division between uh, Tim Johnson and um, another name I got. I got her. Not oh, Modowski. Modowski. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's at two sixty one. So, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, it is. I mean, you know, if you listen to, I mean, we don't want to get all newsy and political about COVID, but I mean, you know, it seems like the virus is going to be magically gone by the fall. So. Uh, the way folks are opening stuff back up, I mean, with the dates that we're getting in Broadway here in New York, it's going to be all ready to go. Um, so, well, yeah, it might, it'll be yeah, for us maybe the fall, but yeah. for other parts of the country, uh, it's it's open as seen by uh, Canelo Alvarez eighth round TKO stoppage over uh, Billy Joe Sanders in front of seventy three thousand people mm-hmm. in Cowboy Stadium. So Canelo Alvarez uh, picks up a win, moves to uh, fifty six and one. The only loss to Floyd Mayweather. And other uh, issue of note comes out of the New Jersey Athletic Commission uh, in relation to uh, last week's PFL event, uh, Fabricio Verdun uh, versus uh, Henan uh, Fajeda. Uh, a situation where uh, Fajeda uh, tapped, uh, yeah, and the, that's what they see it. I guess I'm glad that it got moved from a loss for Verdun to mm-hmm. a no contest. But the more I think about it, why isn't it just a win for Verdun? If they're admitting that the dude tapped out, it seems like that's cut and dry that it should be a win. Well, I mean, I guess they just want to close it, like close the issue, because then you you know if you if you if you flip the if you flip the result. Then Fajeda probably, I I would imagine Fajeda has the option to contest the result of that, and you know then it goes it spirals into a whirlwind of whatever. But um, the good thing about it, I mean, um, I had to reach I actually downloaded them uh, when I wrote the article about that yesterday over at MMAnews.com. You know, so um, that was filed that night uh, after the after Vordum did his post fight interview. And then um, at the post-fight press conference, Lauren Mack, who does a PR for PFL, said that that uh, they're going that Verdum filed his his uh, you know appeal, and and they're going to wait for the commission result. And when it looked like, I mean, f- funny how fast it happened. I mean, not for nothing, I guess, because New Jersey doesn't have to deal with a lot of that. It was easy for them to just get it done. Um, and um, so if you look at the rankings, uh, the uh, the 
we're, they both got a point each be, mm-hmm. for the PFL format. Folks will know you when you get points to, to fall into. We're still in the regular season. So the top four of every division um, with the most points get, are the ones that get to the to the playoffs for for the professional fighter league season. So both of them got one point, but where Doom got is in the number four spot as of right now, mm-hmm. and Fajeda at number five. The reason that happened is if you look at the PFL rules, this is all on their website. They do a really good job of making everything uh, transparent for folks to look. Um, when something like that happens and a commission turns it over, the person that is perceived as doing wrong for the PFL side, once the commission is done, the person that is perceived as the one being guilty of wrongdoing is the one that's going to be for the PFL to be the loser, which is why where Doom is and now in, the, in right now he's safe for the playoffs and Fajeda isn't. So I mean that's kind of I yeah. know that. That, that that that's better then. Yeah. Um, and it and it makes it easier for the commission to make it a no contest as quick as they did, mm-hmm. as opposed to doing a full review to try to see if you're giving a guy a win and then that kind of thing. So that all makes sense. Um, but props, I guess I, you know, when you gotta give credit when credit's due, they, they, New Jersey athletic commission did make the right decision. Uh, and they, and they did yeah. it quickly. So it's the original playground of, of unified rules of MMA. So yeah. it's nice. It's nice when Larry Hazard brings out the old school, uh, you know, <laughs> love for the sport and does something. Does yeah, something no, right. it, it was, it was nice, nice to see. Uh, and, and one thing I know, one more thing about that before we move on to, to do our UFC picks. Um, the, the, uh, Keith Peterson was a referee for that fight. And um, he actually told uh, in a letter he gave to the commission that was given to ESPN. He said, if he did see the, pe- if he saw the tap, if you saw the fight, Peterson was on the other side, the tap was behind uh, where doom's opposite shoulders. So that's why he didn't see it. No, no fault on his, but he's, he flat out said, if I did see it, I would have stopped it. And, and you know, this wouldn't have happened. This, we're doing would have uh-huh. been the wither. So that, that helps. Yeah. No, I mean that makes sense. It was, it was, it was, it was clear enough to mm. that it caused a lot of controversy, and the fact that Verdun immediately thought he tapped, and it wasn't something he just came up with after watching yeah. the footage and everything. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the right decision to be made, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the next fights go because you know yeah. it, it's it is a difference between six points and one point for Verdun. I mean, six points basically six points would have basically locked him in. No, he could have just tapped out as soon as the next fight starts yeah, um, and, and still probably made the playoffs. But uh, with that said, yes, let's uh, move to this weekend's big UFC 262 pay-per-view from a sold-out Houston, Texas. And you're not going to this one, right? No, I will be getting tickets tomorrow for the next one, though, for 63. <laughs> 63 is, uh, is that the that's Adesanya one? Yeah, Adesanya, Figueiredo, Moreno, and right, Diaz yeah. and Diaz Edwards. But this weekend, uh, as loaded as it, uh, I mean, this we did it, this event did lose Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz, which obviously is going to hurt. Oh yeah, any card. And um, um, really quick, uh, on top of that, <laughs> uh, due to COVID protocols, this is on the UFC announced it earlier this afternoon. Uh, Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazian rescheduled for May twenty second on the Font Garbrandt card, and then Visa Complications also had Joel Alvarez removed from his lightweight bout against Carlos Gallegos. Replacing him is Sean Soriano, um, who's coming back to the UFC, apparently, uh, to do this. So, And then uh, Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Bonterran is being contested at Bantamweight, which is all on the undercard, but, I mean, you know, and not, they all can't be UFC 261. No, that event held <laughs> together, and this one, uh, at least the, uh, you know, two of the prime fights held. So, and the championship, most importantly. But I just start- want the main event to hold. That's all I want <laughs> at this point. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, starting off the main card uh, kicks off with uh, Matt Schnell, the fight you just mentioned. Uh, two flyweights that will pretty much be throwing down. Well, we'll be throwing down at one thirty-five bantamweight. Uh, Number eight ranked Matt Schnell versus nine ranks Hagerio Bontorin. Uh, you know, a real close fight. Uh, odds makers uh, have it fairly close, also. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to say something about them when we get to the main event. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a decision. I, I'm going to go with uh, Schnell just to pull out a, a decision win here. Um, he, he Bonario's on a uh, 
couple fight losing streaks, although to uh, tough fighters and, and uh, Schnell coming off of a win. Um, I'll just go. I'll go with Schnell in this fight. Yeah, I mean, interesting that they're going to contest that bantamweight, but um, um, I don't know if that favors either fighter more. Maybe maybe it favors Bontorian because they're normally one twenty fivers. But no, I'm I'm with you on that one. I think uh, I think I I don't see any reason to disagree. The second fight on the pay per view portion of the card: Shane Burgos, number nine ranked. Mm-hmm. Steps in against Junior Edson Barbosa, uh, continuing his attempted run at 145 pounds. Barbosa coming off of a win and two split decision losses, and uh, while Burgos coming off of a loss to Josh Emmett in his last fight, uh, but the only two people in his career able to stop him are killers Josh Emmett and Kelvin Cater. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. It's a banger right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when it's one of those, I tend to lean Barbosa uh, just because that's kind of his, if he can get out there and, and just throw crazy stuff and yeah. be a wild man, he he, uh, he tends to, to get the job done. I also like him still at 145. If he can make that weight healthy, I, I think that it's just an adjustment that will eventually lead to, to really good success. With that said, I will take him to win this fight. Mm. Uh I'm going to, I'm going to go with a mid fight TKO win. Uh, I think he lands some kind of kick uh, elbow, something big. And it, it, it just stops or, or slows the fight in, and he's able to finish it off. Yeah. This is a hard one to pick for me personally, just because um, I got to look deeply at their records and, and maybe rewatch a few fights. That's how, that's how much um, before I submit my picks officially to sure dog and MMA news and stuff for, for this event. But um I mean, it, it, like you said, I, I first of all, I do, I do think this is going to be fight of the night uh, contender, if not winner. Um, and then, uh, well, you know, outside of the main event, but I mean, the main event, I, I, I feel like that might be a, a shocker for a lot of folks. But um, for this one, oh man, it's really hard because I, I like Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos is as game as any fighter. He's probably the most. Um, uh, I feel like he's probably out of all the Tiger Shulman guys, he's probably the one that's uh, that's brought it most recently outside. I mean, because when you look at all the UFC Tiger Shulman guys, it's him, um, Jimmy Rivera, and and uh, what's his name, the welterweight fellow. Um, he's been fighting for a long time, CFFC guy. Slips my mind, but he's definitely the one that that seems to be the one that. That's that's gonna get as close as as they can to a title shot. So I really got to rewatch the fight, but I'm gonna I'm for now for this podcast. I think I'm gonna side with you because uh, Lyman you know, Good, Lyman Good's the guy I couldn't remember. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, one thing though about um, uh, James Lynch was on the podcast. And he works with me over at MMAnews.com, and I mean, we both work at a few places together. He interviewed uh, Barbosa. Um, and I transcribed the interview and wrote an article. One thing uh, I think of their personal—I mean, Rose Namajunas is a perfect example. Somebody that's just in a in a positive state of mind coming into a fight without like they're just happy to be doing what they're going to be doing. I feel like that counts for a lot. I haven't seen anything from Burgos as far as this fight goes, um, but Barbosa talking to Lynch. I mean, he he almost can't wait to get in there the way you can't wait to get to like, you know, the weekend or your favorite party or, you know, in your case, UFC 261, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? So that, that was like the vibe I got from him talking to James Lynch. So that's the other reason I'm kind of uh, agreeing with you on that one. So yeah, we're both so far so good. We're both in agreement. (laughs) That brings us to the uh, women's fight on the main card. Go back one second to the other page Uh, To, to Shane. No, 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 just to the other, that, the click on the Caitlin card. There you go. Uh, So Caitlin Chikagian, number two ranked, uh, faces off against Vivian Arugio. Uh, Arugio coming off a couple big wins, Roxanne Modafari, um, one of them along, and Chikagian uh, coming off a win over Cynthia Cavallo. And really, her only losses are to uh, Shevchenko and, and Andrade. Serious. Some yeah. serious 
serious competition. I, 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 I'm not a generally a huge fan of Chukagian. Her fights tend to, although professional, tend to be not the most violent in the in the sports history. Mm-hmm. Um, but she always wins. It seems like, uh, <laughs> like I said, other than against the the killers, the Carmouches, uh, I, I believe beat her uh, in, in New York uh, for two hundred five. Yeah. Um, the question is, can I think Chukagian's going to win a decision? I just I don't know what it is. She she manages to work her way around the cage. Uh, she she has generalmanship or whatever the heck word we used last <laughs> didn't pay off for her at all. Uh, but she manages to do that, and she manages yeah. to really not suffer a lot of damage. And some fights she wins are real close, but um, I I just feel like she tends to use people's aggression against them sometimes and turn yeah. fights into kind of real slow slow fights, and and where she's able just to like I said, basically circle and jab and and just. <laughs> rudimentally strike her way to wins and yeah um, I, I mean I, I think she'll do it again yeah no you're uh uh ring generalship there you <laughs> is, is the word <laughs> shout, shout out you know it's funny we i mentioned i texted when we got done one of the outlets that i used to write for uh, front proof media I, I had a long conversation it's an inside joke actually with me and joseph correa who runs front proof media shout out to joseph as, uh, if you're listening to this but um we had a laugh about that because we had a long conversation about how that term is thrown around in boxing and no one can really explain what it means. And, and <laughs> I swore that I'd never use it in MMA. And then there, there I went last week and used it. And here I am using it again. Um, but cause I, <laughs> because I agree with you. Um, not only that, not only do I agree with everything you said, but Caitlin uh, Chukagian, um, that's another one. I mean, just FYI, Lynch interviewed almost uh, three of people on the main, uh, I forget how many fighters, but Chukagian was the other fighter from, from uh, this event that that Lynch interviewed, and um, she's gunning to get a rematch with either of the people she lost to, and um, uh, she has a reach advantage. Which uh, we're looking at the page that we display on the on the video version of this is from UFC.com's event page, which includes some of their stats, and she's got a reach advantage, uh, leg reach advantage mainly over, um, and she's she, you know her her uh, her roots are in kickboxing, so. I, I I completely agree with you, especially with her being a Mark Henry's her striking coach, and um, the, everything you said about footwork and being able to 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 manage the the cage and <laughs> ring generalship. What if that's what that means? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's what's gonna that's what's gonna win her the fight. I see, I can see her out pointing. Um, she is she is seems she does seem to be getting better with her grappling. I, I mean, if you look, I mean, I, I don't know if she still does the commute that she does to to train. But uh, or she's getting over to Almeida's where a lot of those guys train here out here in Jersey and South Jersey, you know, um, Frankie Edgar and all those guys for that that do the Mark Henry thing. Um, but um, yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I think I think she can, I think she can pull off a decision win uh, in this one. Call main event of the night: number five, Tony Ferguson; number nine, Benil Dariush. Dariush on a long win streak. Uh, Ferguson on the opposite of that, a two-fight losing streak uh, with devastating losses to both Justin Gagey and uh, Charles Oliveira. Oh, my. Great fight. Um, Love to see Dariush get a chance to uh, take that next step. Uh, And this is the fight, you know, that would would do it for him if he's able to become uh, victorious. Um, Six-fight win streak over pretty solid run of uh of ufc lightweights i i mean this fight to me just comes down to is tony Fer- did justin gagey just take too much out of tony ferguson and did charles alvera kind of finish off what was left mm-hmm. um and uh i don't mean mentally but but physically as far yeah. as the amount of punishment a human being can take and um and still be able to to bring yeah, it the level to that level, be, yeah. exactly. Same as a quarterback who gets sacked a million times. You can yeah. only take, you can only take so much. Um, so that's what it comes down to me. If it's the old Tony Ferguson, I think he wins this fight. But the way I've been seeing these guys fight lately, Dariush has looked like the guy who should be the lightweight champion or, or competing for a lightweight championship. Where where Ferguson, although against just top 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 shelf competition, um, 
hasn't in his last couple fights, and it's been violent. Like I said, it's been violent, violent losses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know what the odds are for this fight. Uh, I'm sure I can find him here pretty quick, but I'm gonna go with uh, Darius to actually win this fight. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of wish it was a five round fight because I think he could actually maybe even get a finish in a longer round fight. Um, because I just think that there's only so much that that Ferguson's going to be able to take. I'm going to take Darius, but by decision. But I, I think he's actually going to kind of dominate the fight. I think he's going to step up his game uh, in the biggest fight of his life, and I think he's he, he's going to just I think he's going to win a decision in this fight. Mm. I'm gonna. I still have faith in El Kukui. I think. Um. I mean, while 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 I do my my and. Uh, Maybe check the odds on that too. Um, it's uh, they have according to Tapology, they have Darius as a slight favorite at minus one forty five, uh, Ferguson the slight underdog at plus one twenty five. Mm. So basically a coin toss, uh, which is a surprise to me. I would have thought that honestly Ferguson would have been favored, uh, just based off of the money coming in from his past, you know, okay, long time performances. Yeah, I just think it's going to be a close. Like I said, if Ferguson's there and it's the it's the Tony Ferguson from th- five fights ago, yeah. I think I, I think he finishes Darius, but I don't mm. I don't think that person exists on this planet anymore, and and it, you know I just don't think it's there. I, I hope. Yeah, he's no, no. I mean, I I can't win by submission. Actually, Darius has more wins by submission according to UFC stats. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, on paper, uh, it's about as even as you can get. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm just as I scroll through all their, as I scroll through all the UFC's uh, stats and striking and win by, win by submission KO. I mean, I mean, it looks like. I mean, you know, the we we just talked about how cut can change stuff. Talking about the Patricky and and Quilly fight. I mean, if if <laughs> and this image is this image of Tony Ferguson on the UFC website shows his uh, protruding bony shoulders and elbows in, in which case which he could i mean which he's been known to slice folks open uh up in the past um i i, I uh, i'm gonna disagree with you i feel like um i feel like the i mean when you look at the, who he lost to <laughs> yeah his, his two fights i mean it's justin gaethje who who win or lose usually fighters after they fight justin gaethje are still re- not this. They're not who they were before they fought Justin no. Gaethje. Let's no. just put that out there. I mean, that's my opinion. Disagree if you want, but I mean, you can look at look at the fighters that have beat him and see what, and then the what's happened afterwards. Only, only Poirier. Poirier is the only one. Yeah. Who, who came through that and is and has excelled after fighting. Yeah. Fighting. Yeah, he's the he's the exception. Yeah. Um, but everyone else has seems to have 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 taken this. Um, you know, shell shock of, of experiencing <laughs> Justin Gaethje. And if you think I'm wrong, then look at Kamaru Usman's interview, um, who who trained over there for his last fight with and Justin Gaethje, one of his sparring partners. Watch his facial expression when he's asked about what's it like to train with Justin Gaethje. And, and it, it can only give you a hint of the type of uh, fighter Gaethje is. But this is about this fight. Um, I, 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 I can – I actually feel like I think I think Ferguson can – can slide can either win by by opening up a, a cut on Darius, or if he goes back like you said to the old Ferguson that we used to know and love and was winning all the time, I wouldn't be surprised if he slaps one of them uh, uh, diamond cutter level Darst chokes out of the out of nowhere because he's yeah, yeah. Up lovely. Uh-huh. So, and, but yeah, and he, then he would do that by hurting his opponent and then. Mm-hmm. Just getting them in the, in the he did it he did it from standing once which was amazing yeah. but only no. somebody with with a seventy six point five inch reach which he's got a reach advantage uh we don't with his wingspan over Darius here by a few four inches um it could happen in round one maybe halfway through round two yeah, if not no. if not then then you're you're you know you're probably gonna be right but we'll see no you it, it's never know in MMA <laughs> great fight great um glad. I, I think it's it's a good as good a fight as you can ask for. Uh, honestly, I, I look forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Now the main event, uh, we get Charles Oliveira. This is for the vacant lightweight championship. The belt surrendered by Habib Nurmagomedov. Charles Oliveira coming off a win uh, over Ferguson. Uh, yeah, over Ferguson <laughs> yeah. and you know Kevin Lee, and I mean just on a massive win streak at this point. 
Michael Chandler coming off his UFC debut win over Dan Hooker, first round knockout. Uh, I think you said you had some issues with the odds makers. I'm currently <laughs> seeing, according to Tapology, and I don't know if this is what you have, I have uh, Chandler at basically a plus 110, yeah. an even underdog, and uh, Charles Oliveira at a minus 135 slight favorite. Is that what about what you see? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know it's a slight underdog or whatever, but I mean, just to have him to, I mean, I know they have to have an over, you know, they don't have to, but I I honestly think, I don't think odds makers, I don't know how that works. You probably have a, I think you you tried to explain it to me a couple of episodes ago or whatever, but you know, um, I don't be listening to you. (laughs) <laughs> well, so ba- basically the way I see it is on paper, this fight's basically fairly even, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, on paper, it's pretty even. Oliveira is the longtime UFC fighter that people are just more aware of. So I would tend to think yeah. that he would get the nod where the money would come in on his mm-hmm. side, uh, making him the favorite. And, and that's why I would think that uh, that that it could be where it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, my prediction is Michael Chandler by first round knockout. I think he overwhelms Charles Oliveira, uh, does like he did to Dan Hooker. I don't think Oliveira will be able to take him down. I think Chandler will shake him off, and I think Chandler's yeah. on a uh, run right now uh, yeah. to get the championship and complete this mission and uh, just continue to prove that uh, there's MMA outside of uh, the UFC that's been going on for a long, long time. And if yeah. he's able to match what – uh, Eddie Alvarez did and win the title yeah. uh, along with what all the strike force and WEC guys have done. Yep. Uh, I, I really feel like we got to eventually get to a point where people just throw down being, you know, become MMA fans and, yeah. and don't, don't knock organizations and fighters just because they don't watch them. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, that's win or lose, but I, I think Chandler wins this fight. Um, he never not brings it. He never not brings it. To any fight he's gone, even I mean, I mean, people and I know uh, uh, talking about the Pitbull brothers. Um, Patricio was throwing some shade his way earlier this afternoon, and which on uh, which is fine. I mean, that's the last guy, that's the last guy to beat him. But you know, even in even in his loss, even when you look at his losses, like that fight. I mean, that fight, uh, the the loss against Brent Primus, um, you know, which was one of these weird leg nerve damage kicks that the calf kick issue. Um, he had a bad night overall in New York City because of the whole stool thing, and mm-hmm. um, but but uh, he always always, I mean Michael Chandler. If, uh, to anyone that is unfamiliar with Michael Chandler and listens to this podcast, I suggest just go look for training footage of him. You'll see him uh, scrambling and, and grappling and, and sparring with the likes of Kamara Usman and other high profile fighters and. and it will literally make you tired watching it. Just watch him getting ready for anything. Um, this guy is 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 twenty four. He's more more than dedicated. Um, if you listen to uh, today's, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, the ESPN interview that Dana White did with Brett Akimoto, where he talks about Chandler and this fight and and, and Chandler's mentality, um, the reason why he wound up with the UFC. Um, and willing to step in as, as, uh, like he, he just says yes to everything. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, if, if he pulls off a win here, you know what I mean? I just, uh, I mean, you and I, long time Bellator guys follow, we followed Chandler's whole career. So, uh, I mean, I guess we're on the same page with this, right? Yeah. I mean, I just think he's, yeah. I just think he's unstoppable right now. Um, mm-hmm. barring a fluke. I mean, he avenged the, the premise loss. He came back and dominated and yeah. won the title back. Uh, and that was a fluke. Not a fluke. Primus kicked him and his leg went numb. And had yeah, the same situation uh, we just recently had in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm heavily rooting for him. I don't think that's, uh, I'm not going to hide that fact. But uh, I, I just, I don't. I don't know where Charles Oliveira beats him, barring us getting to like the third or fourth, fifth round uh, when Chandler were to get tired and Oliveira were to use his jujitsu, uh, get a dominating position uh, that Chandler couldn't get out of. But I don't know if he'll be able to get through the firestorm of the first, say, seven minutes of the fight that Chandler's going to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I I see him coming out for the kill. Um, 
the band. Yeah. That's, that's just the way I see it. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much on board. Uh, yeah. Other than, uh, you know, you had Ferguson. So I think that was the only, that was the only fight we really just, you know, we, yeah. even that, even that one, we both agree is pretty much a toss up. So, Man. um, total, total entertaining card, uh, start to finish Jacare Souza on the, uh, prelims, uh, KGB Lee versus, uh, Antonina, uh, Shevchenko, uh, a couple of the, uh, the bigger names, uh, Lando Veneta, uh, on the card as well. So, this will be one where as long as cross our fingers, mm-hmm. uh, we don't lose any more fights, um, that, that it should be a nice, uh, nice night of action. So again, that's UFC 262 this Saturday on the ESPN uh, plus pay-per-view fans can always check us out at all access MMA. That's the home of our video podcast. Check out all access for news and stories in the world of MMA fans can always follow me, Matthew Hawkins at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, Old Head Carb on Twitch. <laughs> follow the podcast at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Ed, uh, let's get through this. See how uh, how Chandler looks and uh, start start moving on. Uh, where, where the lightweight division is going to go from here? Because you obviously you got uh, McGregor and Poirier sitting by, and and then you got Gagey who are obviously waiting uh, patiently to see how this unfolds. Yeah, poor guy. They keep throwing <laughs> him under the bus, but yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, enjoy the week, everybody. Hey guys, Ed here. East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, the Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe. Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.